Section 19 of At the Point of the Bayonet, A Tale of the Maratha War. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. At the Point of the Bayonet, A Tale of the Maratha War by G. A. Henty. Chapter 9. A Popular Tumult. Part 1. The journey was performed without incident harry enjoyed it much for this luxurious method of travelling was quite new to him and three weeks after leaving the coast they arrived at nagpore on the previous day the native officer had been sent off beforehand to inform the rajah of the arrival of a high officer of the governor-general's and had taken on a letter from lord mornington accrediting harry to act in his name accordingly when the party arrived within a mile of the town they were met by two officers of their raja who welcomed him in his name and said that a residence had been prepared for his use and that of the escort they were surprised at harry's perfect knowledge of their language for hitherto british agents who had come to nagpura had had but very slight acquaintance with it and had had to carry on their conversation by means of an interpreter the town was large and straggling and composed for the most part of native huts built of mud there were however a few brick houses the property of flourishing traders the palace was a large square edifice without any architectural adornments trees grew everywhere in the streets and in the distance the town had the appearance of a forest harry was conducted to one of the largest brick houses in the town a host of sweepers had been at work carpets were laid down and furniture placed in the principal rooms he had no doubt that it had been requisitioned from its owner by the raja for him and the furniture supplied from the palace the principal rooms were on the upper floor and there was ample accommodation for the escort below harry requested the officers to ascertain when the raja would be ready to receive a visit from him and they returned with word that he would receive him in private audience at eight o'clock that evening accordingly at that hour followed by four of his troopers he rode to the palace a guard of honor was drawn up at the entrance and saluted as he passed in the entrance hall and staircase were lined by attendants and all bowed profoundly as he passed he was conducted to a large audience chamber where the raja attended by his principal officers was seated the conversation was of the usual ceremonial kind the prince expressing his satisfaction that the governor-general should have sent one of his officers to confer with him and assuring harry of his good will and friendship towards the english while harry on his part expressed the strong desire of lord mornington that the relations between him and the rajah should be continued unbroken and that nothing should ever occur to disturb their amity the presents sent by the governor-general were then brought in and displayed and appeared to give much satisfaction to the chief after the durbar was over the latter told harry that he should receive him privately at ten o'clock next morning on arriving at that time he was shown into the prince's private apartment and there explained to him the governor-general's desire that he should join the confederacy between the nizam and the english i have no quarrel with tupu the rajah said at present none can say how the affair will end all say that the peishwa has agreed to assist tupu he is a match and more for the nizam while we know not whether the english company or tipu is the strongest should i remain neutral the peishwa and tipu might eat me up that is true raja 
but you must remember that in the last war the english showed that they were much stronger than tipu and he was glad to make peace with them by giving up nearly half his territories we are much stronger now ships arrive each day with more and more troops and believe me tipu will assuredly be unable to stand against the english power even if he were backed up by the whole strength of Puna, of course we know that messages have been sent to you by tipu and that he has promised you a large slice of the nizam's dominions if you will invade them and to prevent him from aiding the english harry saw by this change in the prince's countenance that he was surprised to find that his negotiations with tipu were known to the english government he replied however it is true that tipu has sent to me but i have given him no answer the matter is too important to be settled in a hurry certainly tipu's offers were very advantageous i can understand that they were tempting rajah yet they entailed a war against the english and the nizam when they had finished with tipu instead of gaining territory you would find that much of yours would be lost but undoubtedly were you to join us the governor-general would show that he was not unthankful for the service and your assistance would be handsomely recompensed what does the governor-general offer he is desirous of knowing what your own views are rajah and he will assuredly meet them if possible i have not thought of it yet the prince said i must talk the matter over with my counsellors we are good friends with the peishwa also with the nizam and with tipu we know that the english are a great people but we have had nothing to do with them save that complimentary messages have been exchanged therefore it is not a matter upon which one can come to any hasty decision the governor-general would wish you to think the matter over well before deciding rajah and indeed there is no occasion for undue haste seeing that the english army is still lying near madras and is not yet ready to advance therefore i will leave the matter for the present believing that in your wisdom you will be able to see how matters are likely to go and whether the english company or tipu are likely to be your best friends it was nearly a fortnight before harry heard again from the rajah the latter had returned his visit and sent over presents of sweetmeats and food to his guests at the end of that time he came in one evening with only two attendants i have come to speak to you on this matter privately he said my ministers are altogether divided in opinion some say we should fight against tipu who is a cruel and implacable foe and who has slaughtered all the hindus in his territory who refuse to embrace his religion others say it is better to be friends with him for it seems that these white men intend to eat up all india already they have taken the carnatic and bengal now they want to take mysore what will they take next for myself i wish well to the english though there are few of them they are brave and strong but my counsel know of the offer that tippoo has made us and unless i can show them that the english are also ready to give us material advantages i shall not be able to persuade my chiefs that our interest must lie in an alliance with them that is so rajah and if you will inform me what are your expectations i will see how far they tally with those which the governor-general has authorized me to offer i am not greedy the prince said i wish only to have what is fair and just i think that our aid is worth two crores of rupees two hundred thousand pounds and that the company should put me in possession of the lands of perserambo together with the land that lies between us and malwan including the territories of the raja of bhopal your demand harry said gravely is so far beyond what i was authorized to offer you 
that i fear it is altogether useless for me to submit it to the governor-general he would i am sure consider that in naming such terms you had resolved to make acceptance impossible that is by no means my intention the rajah said nothing could be further from my thoughts and in order to secure an alliance that i believe would be advantageous i might be able to make some slight concession i will send off a messenger then submitting your offer and asking for instructions and requesting that i may be allowed to meet you by further concessions on my part but i fear that strained as the english treasury is by the preparations for the war against tippoo it would be impossible for the company to pay the sum you name nor do i think that they would be disposed to guarantee you the territory of bhopal seeing that we have no quarrel with the rajah of that country no doubt they might be willing to grant you a portion of the territories of mysore lying on the other side of the godavari which would be as valuable as bhopal as the rajah himself was still uncertain as to which side it would be most advantageous to take and as he thought that the campaign against tippoo would last for many months he offered no objection to harry's proposal the latter sent off two troopers the next day with a letter to lord mornington saying that as the rajah's demands were he knew altogether out of the question he had sent them to him simply to gain time hoping that before the answer arrived the army would have gained such successes over tippoo as would induce the prince to greatly modify his terms the troopers were charged not to use undue haste but to travel quietly at a rate not exceeding twenty miles a day two months passed the rajah was in no hurry for the two parties among his counsellors were so evenly divided that he was by no means sure that even if he wished it he could put his army in motion in support of either the english or tippoo and in the next place he believed that the latter would win and was reluctant in the extreme to take any step that would draw down upon him the vengeance of the lord of mysore he occasionally saw harry and although he expressed his anxiety for the return of the messengers harry could see that this feeling was only feigned and that at heart he was not sorry that he was not yet called upon to decide at the end of a month harry had received a letter from the governor-general brought by a messenger in the disguise of a peasant it only said march sixth seventeen ninety nine the army has left valor on the eleventh the nizam's contingent also marched as has that from bombay by the first of this month all should have reached the plateau the bombay army at sedasir forty-five miles west of serenapatam and the main army about eighty miles east of that town by the end of the month both should be before tippoo's capital siege will probably occupy a month even if berard decides against us its army cannot arrive in time to aid tippoo therefore if you extend the negotiations for a month after you receive this your mission will have been fulfilled this messenger had of course been sent off before the arrival of the troopers in calcutta and if lord mornington's calculations were correct serenapatam would be invested before they could return three days later indeed a report reached nagpur that tippoo had fallen upon the advance guard of the bombay army and had been repulsed and on the twenty seventh he had attacked general harris and had again been defeated and that on the twenty eighth the main army had forded the cavalry and had marched to sosili this news caused great excitement in the town although serenopatam was generally supposed to be impregnable and as the english had failed to take it during the last war it was believed that after another feudal siege they would be forced to fall back again from want of food as they did upon the previous occasion 
the rajah like the majority believed that seringapatam could defy any assault and that surrounded as the british army would be by the mysore cavalry they would very speedily be forced to retire and that although tippoo might have yielded to the wishes of his general and attempted to check the advance it could have been with only a portion of his army including the contingent furnished by the nizam the bombay army amounted to forty-three thousand men tippoo was credited with having at least twice that force and his uniform successes against his neighbors had created a belief that he was invincible the rajah therefore was well content to let matters rest until more decisive news reached him it was on the seventh of april that the messengers returned with a letter we no longer want active assistance from barar the army is within striking distance of seringapatam and a few thousand native horse one way or the other will make but little difference you have done very well in gaining two months by referring the matter to me the rajah's demands are of course ridiculous he is evidently playing a double part and if we were defeated to-morrow would join tippoo and attack the nizam you can still however offer him five lakhs of rupees but do not guarantee him any additional territory the peishwa is acting in precisely the same way the army that was to come to our assistance has not yet moved and he like berar is simply awaiting events at seringapatam the rajah came in that evening i hear that your messengers have returned sir yes i am sorry to say that the governor-general considers your demands are altogether excessive the treasury is almost empty and were he to guarantee you an extension of your dominions it would bring on a war with the peishwa and the rajah of bhopal but he is willing to pay five lakhs of rupees to cover the maintenance of your troops while in the field the rajah flushed with anger it is altogether insufficient he said i do not say that this is the final offer rajah that is the offer i am authorized to make in the first place possibly if you are willing to make concessions of a reasonable kind i may be able to meet you and you must remember that the friendship of the company is of no slight advantage and would assuredly be of infinite value to you were your territory invaded by scindia and the peishwa these may at any moment make up their differences perseram bow may again become the commander of the peishwa's army and after the manner in which your troops have for the last two or three years raided his jagir he would be your bitterest enemy harry saw that this consideration made a powerful impression upon the rajah and the latter said i must think these matters over the sum that you offer is altogether insufficient and cannot be entertained for a moment however there is time for reflection during the next four weeks harry saw the rajah occasionally but the latter made no attempt to talk business he was evidently undecided in his mind as to the best course he should take he feared tippoo more than he feared the english and he still believed that the latter would assuredly fail in capturing seringapatam tippoo's offers too had been considerably higher than those of calcutta as he had promised him a large slice of the nizam's dominions for his assistance he had therefore determined to reject the english offer and to march into the nizam's country as soon as he heard that the besieging army had fallen back harry's suspicions that this was the case were to a certain extent confirmed by the fact that bodies of armed men began to arrive in considerable numbers he felt that his own position was beginning to be precarious and the native officer commanding his escort 
brought in almost hourly reports of what was passing in the city the population was a mixed one and nearly divided between hindus and mohammedans the latter naturally sympathized altogether with tippoo while the former were in favor of taking no part on either side so matters continued until the tenth of may when a horseman rode into the town with the news that Saranapatam had been captured by the british and that tippoo himself was killed a feeling akin to stupefaction was excited by the news and it seemed at first that it must be false for it was incredible that tippoo with so strong an army should have been unable to defend the fortress that as was believed could withstand any attack however formidable for four months the rajah sent at once to ask harry to visit him as he rode through the streets he saw by the scowling faces of the mohammedan soldiers how fierce a feeling of resentment had been excited by the news that the native officer had brought in a few minutes before the rajah was deeply agitated have you heard the news sahib i have rajah and do you think it possible perfectly indeed i have been expecting it for some days but i suppose the english general needed time to bring in provisions from the country round to form his plans and construct his batteries to me it is astounding the rajah said walking up and down the room of course harry said the proposal that i made to you cannot now be carried out and i do not feel myself justified under the changed position of things in continuing the negotiations i always intended to help the english the rajah went on no doubt rajah i have noticed for some time that you have been gathering a large force here but you have given me no indication for what purpose it was intended it was intended of course for service with the english the rajah said and it would have been set in motion as soon as the negotiations were completed at any rate rajah in spite of the temptations offered you by tippoo you have remained neutral this will be considered in your favor and i can assure you that there will be no breach in the friendship between yourself and the english matters will merely remain as they were before this war commenced except that the nizam will become more powerful than before the rajah said that will no doubt be so for he will certainly take a considerable share of tippoo's dominions but that need not trouble you i know the desire of the governor-general has always been for peace he was driven into this war by the failure of tippoo to carry out his undertaking to release all european prisoners in his hands and also by the great preparations he was making to regain territory that he had lost but it cannot be to the interest of the company that the nizam should use his increased power to be a scourge to his neighbors and i can promise you that any wanton aggression on his part will be regarded with displeasure and probably lead to their interference in your behalf now rajah i must remind you that i am here as your guest and i rely upon you to protect me as i came through the streets the attitude of the mohammedan soldiers was very threatening and i should not be surprised if they attempted to attack the house i should not say that any outrage upon the escort of a british agent should be tremendously avenged and that you would be more easily forgiven had you taken the part of tippoo than if you allow me and my escort to be massacred i will take immediate steps for your safety and should any attempt be made i shall come with my household guards to your assistance a squadron of them shall ride back with you now to prevent any insult being offered to you in the streets i will relieve you of my presence to-night harry said i do not wish to be an object of strife between you and your people and will therefore take my farewell of you at once i shall have pleasure in informing the governor-general of the steps you have taken to provide for my safety 
and give him the assurance that my disposition is wholly friendly and that i rely on nothing so much as to secure his friendship and to remain on the most amicable terms with him end of section nineteen recording by dion johns salt lake city utah